Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 27 through 32, the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, the gospel according to John, chapter 20, verse 19 through 31, and Psalm 150. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. Sometimes we just have to speak the truth. And sometimes we need to be prepared to hear it. A couple weeks ago, I was preparing for children's liturgy. It was Palm Sunday. And my granddaughter, Elia, who's 11, FaceTimed me in the midst of my preparations. She wanted to talk, and I always love talking with her. And so the first thing she wanted to do was share her hair. And it was surprisingly pink. And I just say surprisingly pink because it's been many colors, but pink is her least favorite color. Pink did not last. But anyway, we talked about her hair, we talked about other things, and then my son is frequently encouraging me to share with Elia a bit about our faith tradition. And so I thought, well, Elia can give me feedback on my plans for children's liturgy. So I'm telling Elia about the passion story, you know, first the entrance to Jerusalem, then the passion story, And I shared with her what I wanted to share with the children about that story and also the questions I wanted to ask. And I noticed, because you can notice these things on FaceTime, that she was looking elsewhere. So I said, I said, Elia, you seem to be paying attention to something else. Any thoughts here? And her response, I'm bored. Let me tell you, that is not a vote of confidence before going into children's liturgy. But she was speaking her truth, and I needed to hear it. And I did a lot more work on my plans for children's liturgy. John's gospel reading today is a favorite, a favorite of mine. It tells of Jesus' appearance to the disciples as they're gathered in fear in the locked room. And the disciples rejoice at seeing the risen Lord. And Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. But Thomas is not present. And when the other tells him of what they've seen and experienced, Thomas does not believe. Thomas blurts out his truth. Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples are all gathered together, including Thomas, and Jesus reappears and addresses Thomas directly. Jesus says to him, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas responds, my Lord and my God. Now Thomas believes. Jesus then says to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. 
Instead of going deeper into today's gospel, we're going to spend most of our time this morning taking a closer look at the first reading of this morning, the reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Our focus will be on Acts throughout this Easter season, and this will give us an opportunity to witness God's love through the movement of the Holy Spirit, the courage and commitment of the apostles, and the continued gathering together of God's people. This also gives us a chance to reflect on how we have been drawn to the church and how we might draw others. The Acts of the Apostles are understood to be written by Luke, the same author as Luke's Gospel. And if we read Luke's Gospel and then we begin the reading of Acts, there's a direct flow from one to the other. Acts begins with a recounting of the commissioning of Jesus' followers and Jesus' ascension. And then as Phil mentioned on Easter, Acts also describes the choosing of another follower to take the place of Judas Iscariot. We then, in the book of Acts, we then read about Pentecost, but we're not gonna get there in our lectionary until Pentecost in June. But Acts continues then describing the early spread of the church, the early converts, and the continuing conflicts with the religious and ruling authorities. In Acts, we leave behind the pain-filled scenes of the disciples and the scenes of Judas' betrayal, the scenes of the disciples fleeing, Peter's denial of Jesus, the dismissal of the testimony of the women. We leave all that behind. We leave behind the fear-filled rooms that the disciples are locked into. And in Acts, when we encounter these disciples again, they are courageous followers of Jesus. They have met the risen Lord and they are courageous followers. And Jesus has commissioned them. He has said to them, you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth. Whereas the focus in the gospels is on Jesus and his journey to Jerusalem, the focus in Acts begins in Jerusalem and spreads out from there. The challenge for the apostles is to bring those to believe who have not seen. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now, I need to give a little background for the small, small reading that we had today. In the chapters leading up to today's reading, the apostles, especially Peter and John, have been teaching and healing and bearing witness in the temple. At our Wednesday evening Eucharist this past week, we had an earlier reading from Acts. We heard of a man who was lame from birth and who was positioned outside the temple gate to collect alms. And John and Peter look intently at him. And then Peter says to him, look at us. I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And the man's legs were made strong, and he walked and leaped and praised God. And the people recognized him, and they responded. They were filled with wonder and amazement. 
So Peter and John and the other apostles taught about Jesus and asked people to repent and turn to God. And thousands of people are responding. Thousands of people are professing belief. And because of this, Peter and John and the other apostles now become targets. Peter and John are arrested and confronted by the high priest, rulers, elders, and scribes. And the religious leaders ordered them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John responded, we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. The truth as they had witnessed it would not be silenced. These religious leaders warned them again and then let them go. Our reading today is following a subsequent arrest. The high priest again challenges the apostles. He says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined, determined to bring this man's blood on us. The high priest won't even mention Jesus' name. And Peter responds, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Our reading for today ends right there. But the verses that follow describe how the council is enraged at this response. The council wants to kill them, wants to kill all the apostles. But a wise and respected Pharisee cautions them. He says to them, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. Because if this plan or this undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. It will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. In that case, you may even be found fighting against God. You may even be found fighting against God. So the council called back in the apostles, flogged them, ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and let them go. Returning for a moment to John's gospel and Jesus' question to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. These extraordinary apostles we read about in Acts were blessed with direct witness and experience of Jesus and his ministry, his teaching, his healing, the many signs and miracles, his strength and courage in the face of authorities and threats. They also witnessed his acceptance of people, his love of people, his embodiment of the love that he preached. And they witnessed Jesus' faithfulness all the way to the cross, all the way to the cross, and then witnessed the risen Lord. And the apostles were given a mission to share what they had witnessed to the ends of the earth. 
to bring all people to God. These apostles were ordinary people. They were ordinary people leading ordinary lives before their encounter with Jesus. And now they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they are guided by the Holy Spirit to bring forth their witness to all. We are here today because of Jesus, but also importantly because of these apostles. If they had gone their separate ways, they had said, no, not me, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. They were courageous and committed, and they brought us to see the reality of God in our midst. So what does this call to witness mean to us today? We had a considerable discussion about that in downtown Bible study, and I see some of the participants in that discussion here. There was an expression of, it's how we live our lives. We witness to God by living according to what Jesus taught us how we treat people, how we you know, participate in prayer, how we, how we you know, share our faith with those we love. And then others talked about, no, you know, isn't witness maybe needing to go forth, to go forth to people we don't know so well, to talk to people who maybe have not heard of Jesus, or if they've heard of him, don't really have any understanding of his ministry, don't have any understanding of what we're called to. Or if they've heard of him, maybe have a very different impression, have a different understanding because of past unfortunate experiences. So what does this call to witness mean to us today? Even the mention of witness at times I find a little bit uncomfortable. I think, as, as Phil has mentioned a few times, and Melanie too, Episcopalians are not very comfortable with anything that, that even hints of evangelism. Um, and, and I think that's true of me. But I think it also goes beyond that, because we've seen witness that is loud, that is shrill, filled with judgment, condemning others who do not toe the line of what a smaller group has been perceiving as Jesus' teachings. And for me, that kind of witness is the opposite of the love we are called to. Yet bearing witness to God's love is an act of love and of service. So many folks are in pain. So many folks are feeling isolated, lonely, even despair. Many are finding that the comfort they once might have found in a faith tradition no longer works for them in the complexity with which they understand life today. So many are feeling threatened by actions being taken to curtail their rights, their freedoms. And so many are experiencing the devastation of aggression, of violence, even war. Bearing witness to following Jesus and becoming beloved community is needed now desperately, and we are called. I find a helpful reference point for me in terms of this question of witness is our baptismal covenant and the vows we make. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking bread and prayers? 
Will you persevere in resisting evil and repent? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God and Christ? Will you seek to serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people, respecting the dignity of every human being? That's a beautiful ground from which we can begin to witness. And when we make those vows, we always say them, I will with God's help. I will with God's help, because it is not easy, but we can with God's help. Our personal witness to God's love is frequently a part of the shared language in this place. The simple question we ask one another, where have you seen God today, invites our witness to each other. Or sometimes we have a simple eagerness to share a witness, a God moment. Betsy Schramm often will ask, do you have a minute for me to share a God moment? And my response is yes, always yes, immediately yes. And even for my granddaughter, God moments are never boring, never. So how might we bear witness? In these complex and challenging times in our individual lives, in our collective lives as a faith community, how might we bear witness? Where does truth need to be spoken? What can we not keep from speaking about? Where does healing begin? Where do we see love? How might we draw others to know God's love too? What will our witness be? Amen. <laughs>